Welcome to These Are Good Days with Leanne Miller and Matt Barris. Well, Matt, you're looking a little thin lately. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Well, I noticed you're wearing a t-shirt that you had stopped wearing because it got a little too tight and now it's not too tight. You know, so celebrate good times. Come Come on. on. You know, it's one of those things. I'm 38. And it's always a thing. It's always been a thing for me. Me too. Like, why does it have to always be a thing? Well, because you we know, like bread and butter and sausage. You know, I have an uncle. I love him. Hi, Uncle Larry. I don't think he listens. <laughs> Just in case, Larry. But Uncle listening. Larry, if you're listening, Uncle Larry lives on Kraft macaroni and cheese, kielbasa, going through McDonald's drive through And he's like... Tiny. He's tiny. He yeah. is a tiny human. Like, not in a bad way. Not, not like, in, in a like healthy a, way. He looks like a runner. Not in, like, a little person, big world way. He's no. just skinny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he, he looks... He does look like he, a thin yeah, runner. Yeah, he looks like and, he runs. you know, more power to you if you're that person. But not guess me. what? This German boy... Me too. Was Swiss, n- no. no Swiss German, I'm stocky. Oh, I'm me too. But you know what? Sock. If the apocalypse apocalypse comes, <laughs> guess who's come crawling? We got canned goods, and I'm not dying anytime soon. It's gonna take a long time yeah. to, I, I, for me to wither I got, away. I, I've got I've got some extra energy for my body to. That's right. Yeah, I got. That's right. Listen, my mom used to always say this: like, I got a little fall back on. That's right. I got a little bit. To fall listen, back in on. The Walking Dead, is that a thing? In The Walking Dead, we're not going anywhere. No, we're not because we're gonna be walking now, around now still. it might take me a little longer to hike than most people but oh, same. You know, I'll, I'll get there fast but you know what i think i'd rather just stay <laughs> i'll just stay we're in, i don't need to leave there you go <laughs> we don't need to go anywhere all right hey well we are back for part two of mm-hmm. our conversation what are we are we should we Let's call this call boundaries like our family health family health oh i like yeah, that yeah we're back for part two of our family health discussion but before we jump into that we need to talk about our good days. Yeah. My good day was um, recently, last few weeks here, friends visited from Maryland, from out of town, our friend Molly. Molly. And, you know, we ran around everywhere. We, I mean, we do Amish country when we, um, you know, when we, uh, when she comes. We, we, you do the, we, the we just, antique stores. Do the you do yes. the bakery. Yes. We go visit kittens at my sister-in-law's cattery. Yes. We do it all. But I will say... We were sitting in my kitchen and you were over. Yeah. And we were all just sitting having frothy coffee and visiting. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it just, I love that. Yeah. I, those are some of my good memories of so many of my friends just being in the kitchen and visiting and talking about life and talking about like how the next year looks and yeah. what we're hoping for. And yeah, that's yeah, good. I like it. That was my good day. Well, that was actually my good day too. So. <gasps> So, so this is awkward. Good day. <laughs> but it's not this. Well, I was actually highlighting a different part. Okay. One of my favorite parts of when Molly was here is, um, you know, we're in the season of life, me and Mallory, where we, the idea of taking three children and running around Amish oh, country for a day not sounds happening. horrible. And not only that, you would want to go to different places like Hirschberger's Truck Patch to yes. see the horses and the goats I don't and the pigs. Do that, and, mm-hmm, yeah. So typically what happens but when you'll go to Disney, that's anyway. fair. <laughs> they clean, but do you know how clean Disney is? You know what? I don't think I've ever said is Disney. If you were listening, yeah. that's who we need to go for. That is the big guns right there. <laughs> we're always talking about embassy suites, but uh, Disney, yeah, yeah. um, you know, usually when Molly comes in town, it's like we, one night is at the Barris house mm-hmm, because right. we're in the season of life where it's, 
Mallory and I, first of all, we love hosting. Mm-hmm. We love it. Mm-hmm. It's so fun to mm-hmm. us. And second of all, it's easy if our kids can just yes. like run around in the mm-hmm. backyard. Yes. And listen, our kids. And it was so fun. Our kids are really easy in oh, those they're situations. So good. They're not like in your face demanding yeah, climbing good. on you kind yeah, of kids. They're good. So we made one of our favorite mm-hmm. things the mm-hmm. Peruvian chicken bowl. Have I, we talked about this I, on this I don't podcast? No, but you need to post the recipe on okay. your socials. Oh, right. So good. I need to remember this. So good. When, we, when this goes Publishes, live. Yes. So the Peruvian chicken did not come from Peru. It just came from my aunt in Stowe. My aunt, oh. actually Uncle Larry's wife. Okay. Made it. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mary. She made it for my mom. My mom passed it to us. We're, see, we're recipe sharers. Yes. Some people yes. are stingy with the recipes. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. understand it. That could be a whole episode right there. That is a whole episode. Do not be stingy we've, with your family recipes. That's we've ridiculous. We've talked about this for a year since I've known you. It's been a hill that you're willing to die. Yes. On. Don't be stingy. It's ridiculous. Like, what are you putting in there that's such There's a secret? There's nothing new under the sun. That's right. Yeah, and come honestly, on. we could Google it. Who are you? Colonel Sanders with your special secret recipe? Exactly. Maybe, Maybe they are. is justified. I but, get it. If you're making billions off of your recipe, but if it's just like. But if you have a taco salad you love and you look at me and say, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I can't share this. My aunt, it's my aunt's and she will not allow Guys, it. Guys, that's I'm silly. Like, that's no, silly. Stop it. So we ha- it's a called Peruvian chicken bowls and it has yellow oh, saffron so rice. Good. It has this really good marinated chicken that we do on the Black grill. Black beans, corn. Black beans with cumin and cilantro in it. Some pickled corn. onions. I made pickled onions. And then to top it all off is this cilantro green mm-hmm. sauce mm-hmm. that's like cilantro yeah. and mayonnaise. And it it's, is so good. It's making my mouth water. Uh, me so too. Good. There's leftovers. We yeah. can have some if you want before you leave. <laughs> There's some leftovers in the fridge. So we we made that. We it was a beautiful weekend. So we sat on the deck till the sun went down and just chatted. And you know, those are the simple days that I think we we don't give those enough attention. Mm -hmm. Because I think when we go through the highlight reel of our life, we think what we're gonna remember is all these big stuff. All these big things or these accolades. Well, I think you do make good memories at Disney. I'm going to fight for that one. But, you know, when you're laying in bed looking at your life and you're, you know, how often do you hear elderly people like they're not thinking about work. They're not thinking about awards they've gotten. They're thinking about memories like this. And so anyway, it was just one of those moments where the kids were in the backyard. We were talking about adult things. We had great food. We sat around the table. I also made salsa that was so So good. good. And I'll tell you, you can find this on your own. If you Google restaurant style salsa, it's posted on the Food Network's website given by the Pioneer Woman. If you literally type in restaurant salsa with the Food Network, there's like 345 positive reviews for it. I will not steer you wrong. Yes. It is so good. You will want to make it all summer. Right. The end. Food Network, Reed Drummond, if you're listening. If you're listening. <laughs> we love you, Food Network. <laughs> so we left the last time we were together. We left with talking about when do you know? Yeah. What are you looking for? Well, we first started off with uh, boundaries, estrangement, family health. That is mm-hmm. a, a big topic mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. our society mm-hmm. today. And thank God for mental health um, stigmas going away. Mm-hmm. Thank God for good clinical good therapists mm-hmm. um, because it's brought to light maybe some things that we needed to bring to light in right. our society right. and in our culture. Um, then we talked about how to know 
maybe some warning signs where you're like, ooh, if this keeps happening to me, maybe I need to go see somebody to mm-hmm, talk about this. Mm-hmm. And so today we really want to camp out on what do we do? Mm-hmm. What do you do about it? Mm-hmm. If you left last week and you've been sitting in limbo like, okay, what do I do next? This is what we want to talk about is, right. is what do you want to do? Right. And I took a lot of the, some of the ideas. I actually have six points that you wrote in that post that we referenced mm-hmm. last time mm-hmm. on your Instagram page. Um, so those are some of the thoughts I want to give. So we don't necessarily have to go through those, but if they're, what, what would you say if somebody found themselves last time, what is your like right well, off the bat? Well, I think if this is something, you know, some of you could be dealing with new family turmoil that's happened because of, Maybe it's a death. Maybe it's a new relationship in someone's life. Maybe your parents were divorced, you know, and there's some, there's some new challenges or new frustrations within family. Um, you know, that it could be that it could also be that for, for years, you know, you have dealt with, you know, my mom and dad fight, they don't get along. Then my brothers and I, if we're around, right. this and this, that right. happens, you know, and it's cyclical. Like you're, you're finding a cycle happening. Like this doesn't feel right that we always fight about X, Y, Z. We all, someone always ends up crying. Someone all, you know, my mom ends up like, you know, staying in her room for three days because she's mad at everybody. Yeah, okay. Yeah. If, if, if it's that, yeah. then, then, you are not going to change that in your own strength and all by yourself. Absolutely. I mean, you can you can read all the Brene Brown books mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that they are good and is that is valuable. But she will tell you as well, I'm sure. Go go talk to someone. 100%. Go get therapy. Go to, go to a clinical counselor. And so um that's where I would start. If you feel mm-hmm. like this happens all the time with my family, I feel terrible after I leave them. Or I feel so sad or I feel, I feel, um, humiliated. Right. I feel like I've been insulted, you know, all those things. Then I think it's time to look around in your sphere of influence. And maybe it's a, maybe it's at your church. Maybe mm-hmm. you go to your pastor and say, Hey, do you know of a good clinical counselor? Right. Right. And side note, most pastors are not clinical counselors, just yes. so you know. Like yes. your 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 son or daughter's youth pastor is not your counselor. Exactly. So so go to someone that you feel like you can trust, that you respect. Right. Like, you know, maybe maybe you work I'm using you as an example, Matt. Maybe you work with someone like Matt and you go, you know what? He seems he seems pretty emotionally healthy. I wonder if he would know of a good right. counselor. There's nothing wrong with saying to someone, do you know of someone? Right. Do you know of a good counselor? And I think to that end, you know, when we say clinical counselor, the clinical word is a very important thing. Yes. Because a lot of people can call themselves a counselor. It's a very, you know, I took a class in college on marriage and family counseling. Does not make you a clinical counselor. But that does not mean counselor. I am a clinical counselor. Right. A clinician is someone that understands the psychology behind why our brains do what they do and how we can break some of those um, patterns in our neurology. And they're held to a a clinical educational standard. Absolutely. Like um, I I had for several years, a girlfriend of mine would say, well, like she's, she's into counseling. She's a counselor. She, and it was that she'd take counseling in college, but she wasn't a counselor. She didn't have an office. She didn't have a business card that had all the little letters after her name. Right. You you need, you need Mm -hmm. someone who is, a professional, not and someone think, who like majored in psychology in college. It's yes. not the same thing. And I think the hard part too is, you know, in to your point of pastors or 
you know, like, lay people, <laughs> right? A friend, they, there is something different that a clinician oh, is going to offer you. Yes. Um, and so if you do have a faith background, my encouragement would be is to find a clinical Christian counselor mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or whatever faith you are. Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to find someone within that, that. would support mm -hmm. that faith yes. structure. Mm -hmm. Because I think, especially if some of your, I would say for both of us, our faith upbringing is part of um, probably the health that we would want to seek too. is just reframing you know, maybe some of the expectations that faith put on us or reframing how we would treat mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because, you know, we've talked about like, um, last week we talked about how honor your father and mother, mm -hmm. you know, all those kind oh. of things, those, those one-liners that come out of a faith that background. are actually weapons, by the way, absolutely. They're not weaponizing they're not, your yeah, faith right. to make you feel a certain way or do a certain thing. And so I think finding a clinician that would support your faith is probably the best bet. Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing when you're, I wrote this down because I think this is so important. Um, the counselor that I am with right now, I love her. It's a woman. It's a woman that, um, knows people that are in my story. Mm -hmm. So it's someone that people in my family have seen. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I went to her the first time, because of relationships she has with other people that are part of my story. She said, you don't have to come to me. I'd like for you to see me three times and make a decision. Mm. So when you are looking for a counselor yes. and when you are looking for someone, don't good. go to the first person that you yes, see. You don't have to. Yeah. If, if you, you don't click have and to do you, that. you have this great feeling, you're like, Oh my goodness, I'm going to love this person. Great. Right. But if you're like, Oh, I didn't right. really connect. Don't, don't feel bad about going feel, to number yeah. two or three. Don't feel pressure. And the other thing that I would encourage you to do is one of the reasons why I re-engaged with the counselor that I currently see <clears throat> is because they offer a virtual option. Mm -hmm. One of my barriers um, why I didn't go for a while was it's just a lot of time. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of, yeah. and it is, mm -hmm. and I understand that. And the, you know, the season of life we're in is three little kids at home, you know, two full-time jobs, all right. the stuff. Right. And so to, to leave home felt like a lot after right. working all day, right. Right. but I can have a virtual, um, appointment with my counselor and we honestly, I schedule them for like eight o'clock at night when everybody goes to bed and I come right. down actually right here into this studio, studio mm -hmm. have my my therapy session with them for an hour and it is awesome mm -hmm. because I don't have to travel anywhere. You know, it's, it's just worked out so well. You so know, don't put, don't, I would say don't, any boundaries that are not boundaries, any barriers that are in the way for you, don't listen to those lies, find the right person. Mm -hmm. If you already know that your life is so jam packed, that virtual is your best bet. Start there. Do it, man. Because mm -hmm. anything is better than nothing. Right. Wherever you are right, right now, what and whatever it is that's overwhelming you with whatever relationship that comes to mind when we're talking, anything is going to be better than nothing. So find something that works for you and shop around. And if virtual works, do that because that's awesome too. Right. Right. Um, so, I wrote a post about, about this, about like family pain, family dysfunction, yeah. you know, estrangement. Yeah. And, um, and I read all of the comments that people left because right. this is, this is, you know, it's more common than you would think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, last week you said within, with, in the United States, 40% 40 of people, people have, have experienced this. Absolutely. So somebody commented and said, um, and said, my family is broken. 
I pray every day that someday it will be mended. It's daughter against daughter with me in the middle. It's very hard for me. Yeah. And, and first of all, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm just so sorry. Anybody has to deal with that kind of hurt. But here is what I'd say just from reading that little comment. Mm -hmm. As a mom, it would be so helpful and so valuable and so important to go to someone clinical and professional and say, my daughters are against one another. Right. Tell me how to navigate this well as a mom so that I look back and know that I did the best that I could do with everything I have. Absolutely. To, to, to create peace, to create love and understanding, compassion and mm-hmm. empathy for both daughters. Because if you, if you don't, and you aren't a clinical counselor yourself. Right. You are left to just trying to do your best based on the personalities of your daughters. And you could actually be making it worse. Well, and, and or, or honestly, this is what I was thinking. And this might be an extreme situation. And I don't know this person or the right. nuance of their story. But it's kind of like, hey, like you can go see a counselor or you can keep doing what you're doing and risk losing them both. Yes. You know, yes. and really having them yes. put you in a position where you don't have a relationship yes. with either of them. And it's just yes. ugly and it's And over. it's important to find those. Um, Maureen used to give me one-liners, these great one-liners to use. Like, you don't have permission to talk to me that right. way. Or if you continue, I'm going to need to leave the room or hang up the phone. Right. You know. There's there's things that a counselor can give you tools. They're like mm-hmm. tools. Mm-hmm. They are. It's putting that, tools that in your toolbox. If, if yeah. one daughter calls you and saying da 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 da, and the other daughter calls you and says da 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 da, your counselor can say if that happens, this is what you need to say to each of them. Right. Because the temptation as a parent is just to try to help them both in any way you can. Right. But then they can right. take what information you're giving them, use it to their full advantage when they're in their next conflict. Absolutely. It's, and, you know, triangulation is a real, that's not just like a term thrown out there. That's a real that thing real. Mm-hmm. where, you know, you might have a family member that you talk to. That family member goes to a different family member that, that, maybe is connected yep. to the person you were talking with and and there's this big old triangle yep. and it's it's can be so da- not just damaging it can just make the already dysfunctional and already challenging situation you might think you're helping when you oh, actually might, you're perpetuating well you're perpetuating the the whole dysfunction of it all absolutely thinking absolutely. that you're doing maybe the right thing so yeah and and I would say with counseling for me um, because um, you know she came very she came very highly recommended and she's really awesome the that at first and I and I even said this when I had some call to actions mm-hmm. is you know if you go to counseling and your counselor is telling you well these are the things you need to start putting in place right. And, and you're like, oh, wait, oh, oh, wait. There's no, that's not going to fly. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. Like, yeah. what, what, what? You know, and you, you can, you can even feel a little bit of, you can even feel a little bit of fear. Like, totally. you know, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, you, you don't under, you're going to blow up my family, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, just give yourself, be patient with yourself. Yes. Be kind to yourself. That was your like, second point is give your, I wrote this down, time, you need to give yourself time to implement what you're learning. Mm-hmm. Give yourself time mm-hmm. because it's not going to happen overnight. Mm-mm. Sit with it. Sit with the the phrase, you don't have permission to talk to me that way. Right. Oh, my word. I sat with that phrase for three months before it came out of my mouth. Right. Um, because I knew, I knew 
what was going to happen. Well, you know, once once you say that, the game starts changing. Yes. And you know that that's going to yes. happen. And I would say, too, you know, in after last week, I was talking to you about boundaries and that whole thing. So the what the counselor is going to do is they're going to give you these phrases. What you're doing is you're setting up boundaries. And I think to the credit of our society that is taking less stigma or or giving less stigma to um, mental health, to the credit of that, boundaries has become part of our everyday language in a lot of ways, which I love. I love that. I have somewhere probably behind me here in my office an old Cloud and Townsend (laughs) boundaries book, first edition that my parents had years ago. Yes. And boundaries was, it was like a foreign Foreign. thing. Yeah, like what? And to the credit of where we are as a species, boundaries are more common and more talked talked about. about. Mm -hmm. And so what the counselor is going to do and what this looks like is they're going to ask you what you want Mm -hmm. and they're going to kind of do, in in education, we call this backwards design. So they're going to say, hey, if you want to go here with this relationship, so let's say you want a relationship with a parent or a spouse or a sibling that is free from passive aggressiveness and doesn't have shame or somebody bringing up this one thing from the past. They're gonna give you tools for how to get there. And often that includes boundaries. Boundaries, what I want what I want people to hear from last week mm-hmm. that I want to carry over here is a boundary does not mean cutting someone out of your and life. It doesn't have to it's and not it's big not, and bad and scary. No, and it's sometimes, to be honest with you, and I would say most times for me at this season of my life, boundaries aren't even something I tell the other person that, that you're doing. I'm doing. It's just well, part of how we live. Share share so, a natural boundary that you have. So a natural, yeah. Your marriage. So a natural boundary with Mallory and I is, and this we maybe had a conversation about this once, like early in our marriage, but it's not something we talk about or address a lot because it's just part of how we live and who we are. Is we don't talk in a negative way about each other to our parents. So Mallory doesn't get on the horn with her mom when I upset her and say. My husband never takes out the trash Mm -hmm. and Matt, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't do this for me or he said this. And I don't do the same thing. I don't talk to my mom about my wife. And that's a, now we never had to sit our our parents (laughs) Parents down down and say, hey, (laughs) just just so so you you know, know, we don't talk negative. Like, no, we just don't do it. And so that's a boundary we have. Yeah, that's good. Um, That's a, that's a really you know, and that's for me, I want people to hear boundaries is it's really just setting yourself up for parameters and guardrails so that you have optimum health. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is, is if Mallory were to do that with her mom, guess what that does? Well, you wouldn't have the wonderful relationship you have with her mom. I have a great relationship with my in-laws. So that makes her mom think differently of me. It makes mm-hmm. her mom think differently of maybe even how she would want to interact with her grandkids mm-hmm. because of things maybe yes. that she's heard about me. Right. And guess what? When Mallory moves on from whatever that instance is, her, her mom might not have moved right. on with right. her. Right. Right. And so when I mean, you share those things out. how many times have you heard out, these kind of stories? Oh, all the time. So often. So when you share those things out, guess what? Sometimes that that's the wrong person to do it with. You need a a counselor mm-hmm. because if Mallory talks to her counsel, my wife also sees someone by the way, 
and they're not this we don't see the same person which well and wasn't what if, necessarily and also, by you, design also but, I, and i and i would say this about myself as well um i don't talk you don't talk about mallory mallory doesn't talk about you and i don't talk about my husband to my close friends either no because the same rule applies absolutely i, I mean you know i don't, I don't want my close well you know he did this, so right. you know, I, I don't, I I want everyone that we love and in our circle to see my husband how I I see him most of the time. Right. I don't, I, I don't need to talk to close right. friends. And about, you know what? We this is this is a funny thought that I just had. We have boundaries. Oh, we yeah, have boundaries yeah. that we've never talked about. Yeah, with each other. You know, like I don't, I can't even think of a time where we've ever been alone and I hug you. Honestly, yeah, I know that no, sounds we really weird, yeah, that's true. but I'll hug you if like the whole family's leaving or if, but yeah. I don't really hug you. Yeah. And that sounds really silly, but that's kind of just a unwritten yeah. boundary. Yeah. Um, I think they're important. I think so those are important. Those are those little things that like you set up. Now there are times where you tell someone a boundary, you know, um, I need to, I'm kind of racking my brain right now thinking of a time where, where I've explicitly told someone, Hey, we're not. Oh, um, I can think of one for you, but I can't think of one okay, for myself. Well, Do you want me to, can I yeah, share sure. one that I know that you have? Yeah. You know, during um, the elections. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. During George Floyd, during the elections in 2016, is that I, right? I'm not sure. You know, 16, some of the, the Trump era, mm-hmm. um, tensions were high. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Eliane and I both come from an evangelical Christian background and- there are people that we, you explicitly would say, you know, I just don't think we should talk about that. Mm-hmm. And it sounds very mild, but that is a boundary. You know, I just don't want to talk. I don't yeah. want to talk about I, it anymore. I, I just think or, that I think that here, here's, here is a good example of a boundary. If you have a different opinion than the majority of the, the, the people you may be sitting with, and you are constantly being put in a position where you feel like you have to defend or even fight or even say, but this, but this, but this, I, I feel like those are, those are areas where you can say, this is a topic that I really don't, I, I don't really want to discuss. Right. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's like trying to take the easy way out. No. I don't think that I don't, because you want to preserve you want to preserve those relationships and Absolutely. those friendships and not alienate. And I think that's what it is. When I think about boundary, you hit the nail on the head with that because what you're doing is you're saying what I value you so much and Correct. I want to seek health with you Correct. that I'm not going to get distracted about um, complaining about my spouse or politics or, you know, anything that would bring or the vaccine, right. whatever, whatever that, S- some that stuff if you value that person enough where you're like, you know what, I'm not, it's just not worth it because mm-hmm. I love you mm-hmm. too much. Or even, you know, to that end, if someone says comments on your body or if someone comments on how clean or dirty your house, like those little things, if that's someone you love to put up a boundary and say, Hey, I really would appreciate if you didn't comment on my body oh. or I would really appreciate if you didn't talk about my homemaking right? because I love you so much. And that just brings right. shame to me or it feels embarrassing or it points out something I don't really want to talk about with you. That 
might feel uncomfortable the first time, but I promise you, oh. once you start getting language around this, it's it changes. It's, it, it gives it, you a lot of power. Yeah, and it changes. It, yeah, it changes things. I'll I'll, I'll share a boundary that um, our youngest son Joey just did with me recently. Yeah, he called me and he said, "Hey, mom, I I just want to have a little conversation with you before we get off the phone." I'm like, and I I I knew when he said that that something was coming. He said, "Um, I just want to share with you that every time I come home." Just about every time. Yeah. Um, you try to coax me into spending the night. When I need to get back to Columbus, he has a workout routine that he's right. faithful to. Right. He, you know, he, and he works, he, he works. And right. he's like, you know, I need to get back to Columbus for work. I need to get, I want to work out in the morning. And when you do that, it, what it does, even if you don't mean for it to, it yes. makes, it makes me feel guilty. It makes me feel bad or sad that I'm letting you down by saying no, that I'm not staying. So could you please not try to coax me into spending the night when I come home tomorrow night? And, and I was like, you know what? You're right. I do do that. And, and I'm going to sit here and tell you that I just can't help it. I want you to spend the night. I said, but the truth is I need to, to be honorable to our relationship and know that you can't because you're, you have, you have commitments you right. know, he, and he meets people to work out. You know, there are people that yeah. he's accountable to, to, to meet with when, when he does his workouts and, and I need to see the wisdom in that instead right. of being like, well, how can you ask me? Now I hardly see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like as a parent, it's always easy to be like, you know, I hardly see you. I don't see you enough. And then when you come home, you just, you know, no, that's no. not going to end well. No, no. And I think what you, the example you just gave is such a good example on being on the receiving end of boundaries does not mean that you don't want a relationship. Right. It doesn't mean you don't want to love them. Right. It doesn't mean they're like putting you at arm's length. That right. is not what it means. Right. They're saying, hey, this would help me feel loved better by you. Yes. That's what Joey's saying. Yes, is because, I would feel more loved me, by you. For me, I'm not seeing it from Joey's perspective. I'm right. seeing it from like, I just want him to stay. I want to make him a good breakfast you're like, Well, of course morning, I want my da, da, kid da, 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 to stay. Yeah. I'd ask him to stay every yeah. night. And then when he s- explains to me, this is why I'm asking this of you, because this is how it makes me feel when you right. do it. Wow. That's like, oh. So, right. th- so, the, so often, it, unless you're in extreme situations with your family with right. dysfunction, often these are things that can be talked about. And if you if you are in a place where you can humbly like look at things from the other person's perspective, you can go, Oh yeah, Yeah. that's true. I can see how you'd feel that way. Yeah. Okay. I have your list in front of me. I love that we camped out on this. So here's where we were so far is number one, get a clinical counselor. Mm -hmm. We talked about shopping around. Mm -hmm. We talked about finding the right fit and doing like a virtual option Two, we talked about time to implement things that you learned, the tools, the boundaries and what that looks like. We have four more. And so I want to make sure we get on, on your post. So here's number three is you said, remind yourself that it won't be like this forever. What does that mean to you? Oh, well, when you're in it, when you're, when, especially if you start with counseling, you start implementing some difficult things. All of it can feel so overwhelming and so yeah. extreme. Yeah. This, this, this. You're mom, like, so this is my life yeah, now. Yeah. So this mom with the two daughters, it can feel like this is going to be forever. Right. You know, we're going to be in this forever, and this is going to be awful, and we're all going to be crying every time we're together. Right. You know, it can just feel like it might not ever end, but it, it, it will, 
especially if you're striving toward health and you're right. implementing things, it will get better. Right. It won't last that. And it won't last. Here's forever. what I'll say too: it might look different mm-hmm. than what it does now. One hundred percent. But it, it it will get better. Yes, I it think I even wrote that. Um, time doesn't heal all wounds, but time sure does change things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good word. Mm-hmm. That's quotable. Brene Brown would stop scrolling to read your quote. <laughs> Here's the next one: is you said. Um, I'm going to combine the next two. You said to lean into your faith. Yes. Whatever, wherever you are, lean into your faith and ask God for help. Yes. What role did your faith in the Lord play in your journey to health? And well, there were times I was frantic within my heart. Yeah. I was, I was so sad. Yeah. You know, I was, I was, I can't hardly say that sentence even now without feeling so sad again. Yeah. I was so, when I see myself, you know, sometimes you can look back over Mm. yourself. And when I see the image of myself in that season, I was so sad. Yeah. So what it, what it did for me is I, I, there were times I was just like, God, I need your help today. Just for today. I just need you to help me today. Bring who I need, you know, show me what I need to see. I just need your help. Right. And, and honestly, I don't think there was ever a day that something didn't happen. Something didn't pop up. Something didn't come across my vision. Even like if I was driving somewhere that, that God allowed me to see that he saw me Mm. and Mm -hmm. that, um, he was helping me get through it. Yeah. That's good. Um, what role did scripture play in this for you? Oh, well, I, you know, some of this, I mean, I, um, before the, before the movie war room ever, became a movie. Yeah. I um I started writing scripture on the walls of a walk-in closet that I had um at our house. Yeah. Because I just needed the promises of God before me right. every day that he would never leave me or forsake me that I could I could crawl up under the 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 wings of his protection and mm. of him that he could see me through. Yeah. And I needed all those things, you know. I, you know, you, you just need to be still. I'll fight for you. Just be still. Mm. All those things I needed reminded of every day. So scripture was a huge daily um, thing for me. Did Was that natural for you to go to scripture? No. Or was Not it a that. habit you had to practice? And where did that I, come from for you? Well, I just think, I think sometimes I think when you're at the end of, of like your own strength, you're tired, you're, you're emotional, you see no other way you have. To, I think that's when you grab on to like something higher than yourself. Yeah. You know, cause I'm a pretty strong personality. Yeah. I can do a lot of things in my own strength, Yeah. but then when that's exhausted, what do I do now? And so yeah. I, I had to grab on to something that was, that was stronger and better and bigger mm-hmm. and, and eternal and, and just God. Right. And so, um, I just started, I just started going to scripture. Yeah. That's a good word. And the last thing you, you shared on your post was once you find peace in your life Mm. and once you're on the other side of this, talk about it with people. Yeah. Why is that so important to you? Well, first of all, I think, I think where, where our woundedness is, is often where we can speak into people's life and, Mm. you know, know how, know how they feel. Like, and, and we can say, you know, this, you aren't the only person that this has happened to and is happening to. Yeah. And so I, I feel like, um, you know, sometimes we, we 
cover those things up when they're gone, you know, when we're past them because it's, well, it's painful. You know, I can't hurt. I still, it's hard for me to talk about without crying about it, but I think it's important because I think our story and our pain and our, and our, our, um, process through it can help other people that are going through it themselves. Right. Absolutely. I mean, because there are people listening right now that are going through it right now. Oh, 100 mm-hmm. percent. And I think to know that that you are not alone mm-hmm. yeah, because, is a huge, huge piece of this. Yes, because because once you get through it, once you get past it, you just want to be through it and past it. Right, right, right. Like I, you know, I don't want to go back. Like there anymore. this, these podcasts for me, these these two. I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's mm-hmm. not like we're like, woohoo, we are so <laughs> excited about talking about, you know, yeah. what what, it, what we've experienced, right. um, the pain we've experienced um, with our families. And, you know, and also the, you know, being careful how you communicate that mm-hmm. to still show, um, to just still show uh, some discretion right. with how you talk about your family and what you you know, there are things, there are specifics and people and things and yeah. names, you know, all of that. No, I don't, I, that's not to me, that's not, um, that's not how I want to be and what I want to do. Right. But it's also like, not like I want to bring it up either. Right. You know, that's so, right. so right. I think, I think that if we can take the, the pain we've been through and, and give it, um, I mean, I mean, I don't want to say pain to purpose. It just sounds like, you know. Like something from the wall yeah, of yeah. <laughs> a grandma's cross-stitch. <laughs> yeah. but, but we can take our pain and we can say to someone who's experiencing that something similar and say, you know, here, here's my success story mm-hmm. with, with what you might be experiencing. Here's, yes. how, here's, here are some things that can help you. Yes, and here are some absolutely. things that, that if you put into place, can be revolutionary to your life. They can change your life. Right. Um, and give you a better life because now I would never, ever go back to where we were. I would never want the life that we had before that. I thought, you know, that we would have like probably our whole career forever, you know? So yeah, Yeah, you don't want to go back. Well, that's, that's all a good word. Um, one of my favorite things in starting this podcast, and this goes back to the first, November when we started this, you know, we prayed out loud together before we started Mm -hmm. that somehow this would bring glory to God's name, that somehow this would help somebody that people, and you in particular have gotten so many, not so many, like I'm not, I don't want to be dramatic about it, but a significant number of people that have said, I started seeing a counselor from some of these conversations that I listened to on your podcast. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's well, so even good. honestly, whether it was whether it's two people or whether it's forty-two That's right. people. That's right. I mean, it 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 means something, you know. And, and yeah, and it changed when you know you've we've referenced like generational change. That change isn't just for that one person. It affects their spouse. It oh. affects their children. It affects. So I Absolutely, love that. Absolutely, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Hey, well, we have have really talked, and I love this. I love this conversation. The time has flown by. Um, so thank you for joining us in the second part of healthy families. And this is a topic that's again, it's going to probably come up again <laughs> because this is near and dear to our hearts. Yes. And it's something we've lived um, through and we still, you we know, still we still do. navigate sure. even in, in no, different ways. Do. I still, I still do. Yeah. yeah. Joey's Joey's telling you, mom, I'm not spending the night. So my kids, my kids will get wise and they'll start saying <laughs> stuff like that in a couple of years too. It'll be a little while. So yeah, that's right. Hey, well, thanks for joining us. You know, whether ordinary or extraordinary, 
we hope you see that these These are good good days. days.